Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Let's lock in. This is Unrivaled. Yes! Yes! The teams you live for. The sports you love. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keurig, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. All right, everybody, welcome on in. It is Unrivaled 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Alex Keurig, Scott Mitchell, BYU Spring Practices, one day in the books, and it's as if independence never even existed. Independence, we hardly knew ye. It's Division One football. It's the Big Twelve. Yeah, how'd that go, Dan Hawkins? Hey, Colorado. Maybe they find themselves back into the Big Twelve at some point. I'll come full, full circle there. Scott Mitchell, what's or up? San today, Diego dude? State. Maybe they go to the Big Twelve. Oh, I've heard that too. I've heard all of it. There's any iteration we've what? heard. Okay, I've put it through my head of whether or not it could happen or not. And Independence I'm, is yes. such a. Is it an oxymoron? <laughs> <laughs> because you're actually because you're really you're not independent you're at tied all. down a you're lot you're just like you're floating out there you're on man. the outside looking in all the time so two things happened yesterday before we get into the cut and i was thinking about this because actually i read i read a kind of a random writer's look at byu and their and their run in the wcc if you want to call it the thing is that the wcc byu had some pretty decent years of basketball in that wcc they never won the regular season title Never won the postseason title. They never won one championship in the WCC in basketball, in men's basketball. Oh, they're going to kill it in the Big 12, then. <laughs> the word kill does come to mind. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's interesting because last night you had two things happen. BYU gets eliminated by St. Mary's, which is kind of like something that seems to happen all the time in that tournament, them or Gonzaga, right? And then in that era, the Big 12 era already begins, right? Last night, as soon as that game was lost, everyone goes, Thank you, WCC. We hardly knew ye, and I don't care one whit anymore about you guys because we are in the Big 12. And so that's where I think a lot of BYU fans went, and good for them because I hate that tournament. I hate that time. I I hate the Orleans Arena. 
I hated that place. Having gone down there multiple times to cover that tournament, uh, more toward the front end of when you know BYU was there, I, I can't stand that tournament at that place. And BYU historically performed really poorly at that thing, or they just never won it. I mean, they, teams, so I was I was always very disappointed yeah. by it. Some teams just show up in tournaments, and some teams kind of disappear. It's but I don't care now. There's something you don't care now. I don't care now. You know actually, why? Actually, I don't believe that. I think you actually do care. No, they're gone. I, I, I know, but you're like, but I think you've cared, and I think you do care now. Well, it's and, like independence. It served a purpose. But like, I think there'll be a Can lot. Can we of, just be on? No, did anyone really care about BYU basketball this year? Did anyone ever really I'm, think I'm, they were going to go somewhere this year with their, been, with their program? Was it Jeremiah? I mean, who all came I've on? heard is a whole lot of boy. They were really close yeah. this year. They were really close to actually winning some games. I never heard that they were close. They're they're not that far off. <sighs> Mark Pope has got an issue. It's here, the man. same issue I hear with Utah. Oh, this is a building year. Man, <sighs> wait till next year. They're going to be good. I, I can't. I heard that about seven years in a row. Yeah. And Craig Smith is 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 turning some sort of a corner. Yeah. This is this the is going to be a decent year for him. Turns him down to a dark alley with a brick brick wall <laughs> at the end of it. That's that's the corner he's turning. So I just I I think that you you thank the WCC. Thank you so much. This was a great relationship. Really? It's just not going to work out, right? It's the it's the girlfriend you it's the girlfriend you had before you got engaged to the real person who you're going to marry. That's what the WCC was. It never felt real. It never What's, felt like you were a part of it. I didn't I didn't love. Listen, I could go the rest of my life with never having to play Pacific again in, in, in basketball, never having to see LMU on the docket. It's just I, I couldn't stand the WCC for basketball. It just seemed like a place where you're getting killed by Gonzaga or St. Mary's, and the rest of the teams were like, you're going to these garbage gyms. And I know that they're going to – and they put on a nice face. And I'm so glad that – But I'm the so West glad Coast that, Conference the best conference, though, for BYU – uh, for basketball, the, yeah, it was better you than it, you think. It's better. There's no version of independence in basketball. Like you got to, you got to put yourself. No, no, somewhere. no. I understand that, but I'm talking about all the other sports. Like they, they participated in, um, um, you know, the Olympic sports. All, the, all of those. It, would it, it was it better for them? It's like, to be it, in the West Coast Conference for, for like for so. Softball? I, guess, I guess what I'm I mean, asking you is the West Coast Conference is it better than the Mountain West Conference? I think for basketball. Because you had Gonzaga and St. Mary's, you could say, oh, so Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU made that conference like, uh, you just had like an overall more of a top heavy top tier, I guess. And I'm not even putting BYU necessarily in that top tier. I'm saying Gonzaga, it's in its own atmosphere. And when they're in your conference, there's no version of that in the Mountain West. It right? feels like to but me. I, you with, had more consistency across the board, I think, yeah. from Mountain West basketball than you did WCC. Right. It feels like to me. It feels like to me, I, I don't know, I, I just thought of that now. I wonder if that would have been interesting to to have stayed in the Mountain West in other sports and then been independent in football. But here's here's the thing. Um, I Shoot, now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, let me I totally you. forgot it. Let me. I, this, is, this is what we call, uh, that's a super thought, buddy. That means we're not supposed to be talking about it. Oh. It's yeah. a, just, we we're going to move straight on from it. No, you know what today is, though? It's going to come I know, back to you. I'll tell you what's causing it. It's not what? a super thought. What? It's a worm moon. What does that mean? I saw that in the news. Oh, it's exp- a warm moon. Do you want me to explain? A warren no, moon? A worm, as in a worm in the ground? Yeah, I prefer warren moon. No. Warren moon. It's not Former warren Former Washington Husky. No. No. <laughs> Oilers guy for Jeremy. There you no, go. No, Minnesota Vikings. Jeremy, light it up. It's the warren moon. <laughs> Look, the, war- the worm moon uh-huh. comes in the spring. So, it comes, it, so it's like right around the uh, spring equinox. Okay. And it's the moon that signifies the coming of spring. 
So it's when the ground starts to thaw and the worms come out of the ground uh. or the worms come out of the the wax worms come out of the trees because they're, they're warming up. So it's the it's the worm moon you, signifying the coming of spring. We learn something every day from Scott Mitchell, don't you? Yeah, and it's tonight. That's well, why I couldn't remember what I was going to say. These worms are going to have about six feet of snow to get through before they come up. We're not going to see them for a while here. Here's my thought. It came back to me. Oh, what was it? I think as far as BYU basketball has to go, yeah, they have to have a serious, you know, um, <laughs> I, I, I was going to say come to Jesus talk. They're already there, but man. They do that kind of every that. day. Yeah. But but about where they really are, because you sit here and you go, never won the tournament, never yeah. won the conference, yep. and they're in the West Coast Conference. I mean, it's the West Coast. Sorry. Don't, I, don't say sorry. But why would you expect them to beat Gonzaga anytime? Because, the because they, this is the best basketball Gonzaga I, has played, I mean, across the board. That wasn't this year. Ridiculous. They should be competing to win that conference every single year. Uh, there were times where they were a lot closer than they ended all, up. All I'm saying is, I think there needs to be an honest conversation, a frank conversation about where their program really is and what what it's really going to take to compete in the Big 12. All right. Well, I've got two things to bring up here. That's all I'm saying. That was my thought. I, I And it's well put. I just I have something positive for BYU fans here. Okay? My, my comment isn't negative. No, no. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that your warm moon. Warm moon. Your yeah. warm moon uh, yeah. discussion actually has a lot more to do with what we're going to bring up in the cut than you may have thought. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. It's springing. Something's different. The worms are coming out of the ground or whatever it is for the warm moon. Let's get to the, uh, let's get to the cut. Let's jump in. The other question. <laughs> Undeniable. Unrivaled. Top sports story of the hour. Here's what made the cut. All right, the cut presented by G2G Bars. G2G Bars is a protein bar that tastes fantastic. You've got to give it a shot. You've heard us talking about it enough. And, man, they are good. G2GBar.com, Costco, Associated Foods, Holiday Oil, Maverick, um, all in the refrigerated section because they don't have any preservatives or any uh, any additives like that. It's gross. It tastes fantastic. So try it. And Trajan Wealth, T-R-A-J-A-N Wealth.com. That's Trajan Wealth, trusted local financial fiduciaries. Uh, it's TrajanWealth.com. All right, I got I got a uh, I got a good I got a good thing here for you because in the last two days with BYU getting knocked out of the WCC tournament, everybody just goes good, moving on. We're in the Big Twelve now. That's the idea. Is like WCC's gone on to the Big Twelve, and I know that they don't want to officially become members until when July first. Like July first, right? July first. Sometimes so they go in July, but right now they're already in. And spring football fired up yesterday, and I heard Mitch Harper talking about it on his uh, when uh, he did the breakdown last night. You know, they're practicing right during our show for spring, and so it's hard to, you know, we don't get to go down and actually uh, catch some of these practices. But you know, I sort of live vicariously through Mitch Harper, and you should as well. And Hans goes down there. Uh, Jay Catch is doing a fantastic job too. And I, I, I'm, I'm looking at this thing, and, and Mitch goes, "The first day of spring practices for BYU in the Big Twelve era, right?" Is like. Everybody is like, we're out of the WCC now. I know it's it comes on the on the back of getting eliminated in the in the WCC tournament, and then Independence is over. Every step along the way, Independence is going to feel like like you're digging another. It's it's dead, but at the same time, there are things that are significant that are significant along the way here. The first practice in spring as a quote unquote Big Twelve member, even though you're not really there yet, uh, and then walking up to J- July one. 
you're going to have all these like, hey, it's our first Big 12 spring football game. All of those things signify something that's really good, which is a change that you needed, you worked for, and for as much as independence sucked, it was also amazing what Tom Holmo did to get him to that spot. There were moments in independence that stunk big time. There were bright, bright spots that were bright enough to get looks that they did. And spring practices fire up yesterday, and we are desperate for nuggets, right? It's just like any crumb, we eat it all off the ground, and it's just like anything. And, you know, the idea of Keaton Slovis looked, he was impressive that first day of spring. I, I don't know what to Based think of Based off of what? I know. I don't There's know what to think to of it. Well, no, it, it sounds to me like uh, the start of the Civil War. They were going to have their first battle, and it was it was not too far outside of the the – uh, city limits of Washington, D.C. So everyone got dressed up and they got their picnic baskets and they got their uh, their wagons and their horses and off they rode. And we're going to go watch a little Civil War battle. And this is exciting. <laughs> this is the beginning of the Civil War battle. This is this is exciting. And then all of a sudden they got there and it was like, oh, this is like this the is boats legit. are flying. This is legitimate. <laughs> and they're all like running for their lives uh, after not too long. And, and it just it just feels that way just a little bit. Uh, again, this isn't a negative comment, but uh, it'll be fascinating to see how BYU handles this, not just in football, but across the board in all of their sports. Uh, you know, at what point are they going to be competitive? And is that transition going to take some time or or is it going to be, you know, kind of a shorter, shorter transition? But uh, it's going to be, you know, as Mitch mentioned, BYU's playing 10 Power five football games Ooh. this year, and that's that's what a, you worked that's for. A, that's a big deal. It's what you work for. It's Guess what? Deal. You're also a power five opponent for your uh, for your opponent. Too. Yes, you so are. There you go. It's all it's all official, and I'm just it, it is a good feeling for BYU fans now that everything's kind of off the table. I you know, and we'll talk a little bit later about whether or not an NIT invite is even if BYU could get an NIT invite. I'm so over the freaking NIT. Like I know that these are these are tournaments that. That the coaches kind of uh, relish in, and BYU has had relative success in recent NITs, but it's just not, it just isn't there, right? It doesn't create the buzz, and it feels a little bit like being a six and six team or a six, uh, a, a five and bowl eligible, right? A six and yeah. seven team or a, right. a six and six team, and they're like, well, technically you made a bowl, so let's go, but you're not really, people aren't watching you because you're competing, you're on TV because. It's a game that we put together. Or you're a five and seven team, and and everyone else you still declined. get invited. Yes, and, and you it's go, like, well, sure. um, we got to fill a spot. You want to you want to show up? We'll take the practices, right? I think Mark Pope is has been the best thing for BYU basketball uh, in the last few years. Like he's just been a major piece of being able to uh, really represent that program. But it definitely the trend is not good because uh, from a few years ago, their their Ken Palm ratings, their net ratings, all falling which is obviously not a good trend but I just I believe so much in Mark Pope and I really believe that BYU football for as much as you don't you're not going to get a lot out of spring football I actually watched some of the video yesterday of Keaton Slovis and watched some of the uh of the stills of him with all that BYU gear on and running with the uh the offense the Aaron Roderick and uh Fessy Sataki offense and the guy's taking it on and I think he's taking this shot seriously this guy has one chance to get into the NFL and really like do something. And if you're at BYU and you have a decent year at quarterback, you're going to get a look. And so I think that he is fighting for something like that, and it's only good for BYU. Let's uh, hear from Keaton Slovis then. 
Uh, he likes this offense. He likes what's uh, what's going on. So this is the first uh, yesterday, the first words out of the uh, BYU spring football quarterback mouth of Keaton Slovis. Uh, there's a lot. Uh, we throw it a lot. That's kind of our identity. I think it does a great job of like protecting the quarterback, very quarterback friendly, and uh, puts you in a position to get you in a rhythm and operate. Even like, I think the first period was like uh, like run actions, play action, run period. Uh, we didn't have a great rhythm, but we kind of found it like a period later. And I think that's kind of testament to the offense is you might not have you might not hit a touchdown on every play, but uh, you're gonna find a rhythm because of the way it's set up. Well, the key word there, and I know you don't like this, but I actually do. When he said us. And you want someone who's bought into where you are, and you just you really do. And sure. and so he's it, look, it's his first day on the job, and he's speaking in those terms of of where he is. But there's also <laughs> a, a little hint of, and maybe I'm being a little over analytical here. There's okay. there's a tent. There seems to be like, oh my goodness, I'm here. I'm I'm having my first practices, and like, you know, the first beginning. And there's it, he was just talking rather fast, and he's not necessarily a guy who talks like. 900 miles an hour he's he's he's, he's thinks through he's his, a veteran he's well but thought he, but he's, he's been he's everywhere like, he's, okay. in, he's under that that microscope in la we're, we're here we're we're doing this thing you know mm-hmm. we got it going on here and and off he goes i just i'm a big keaton keaton slovis guy are you i i really I, the guy has some talent yeah and and i think in the right setting and if if this again if this i just said this back in the very beginning of keaton slovis Whatever he likes, that's what I would run. I, I, I and I know they're going to make the mistake of he goes. Now nah, I can handle this. I, I'm an intellectual guy. I can, I know I can. But you'll know it intellectually, but you won't know it in football speed. And you'll and you'll do it kind of halfway. But if they get a lot of plays that he's super confident with, and they just get him off to a really good start in the season, and then they build on it as they go through the season. They're they're gonna they're gonna be much better off than they just instead of just throwing the whole kitchen sink at yeah. him and just. I got to excited him, about yeah. it. I got really excited about watching, uh, you know, Slovis take some of his first semi-real practice. I I never know what to think about spring, but the, it's a, the guys chomping at the bit, and so there's something to be said. And there's a bunch of new guys. There are so many people who are like, I got I have got to earn my keep here. This is when I'm going to make waves because I might not be able to get the same type of reps. Uh, you know, in the fall when other people come back from injury or whatever. Yeah. And so it's super important that guys start to show off a little bit, and that's when you start to get the best of spring is when the guys that are uh, new to the program and want to prove themselves, and they, they know they're getting their pictures taken. They know that they're being seen. And then you have the guys who are like, I am a new guy transferred into my position, and he's not and he's not here yet or he is here, and we're competing right now. And that needs to happen from day one. I really love this from Kalani Satake. All right. He talked about it being day one. Uh, this is his, what, uh, he started in 2016. So this is his 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 28, eighth year for Kalani Satake. Can you believe we're eight years into Kalani Satake? Wow. That's crazy. Um, but Kalani Satake, just as a reminder, what was Bronco, nine or ten? Either way, I mean, he's almost, somewhere around there. Yeah. So, Kalani, this is him talking about now having done spring a bunch, and and I think learned a lot along the way. Here's what he had to say about day one of spring. You know, obviously it's day one in spring, so we have a lot of uh, install that we put in for our offense and defense and special teams, and uh, I'm just really pleased with the way the guys performed today. Uh, uh, there's some mistakes, but we'll get better. Um, for day one, I was really pleased with it. Have a lot of talent, and uh, it's just a matter of us putting it all together in all three phases. So I was, I was pleased with today's practice. 
Did you hear in Kalani's voice the uh, a little bit of raspiness, some hoarseness? Because it's day one, and when he says, yeah, we had some mistakes here and there, that's a guy who probably turned up the volume on his voice, and he started yelling a little bit, and that's great. I mean, I love that there's some fire and energy on a day one of, of spring. Well, I think I think probably job one for him and 1A is – won the defense you know where does that go and and that's kind of Kalani's thing you know it's it's what he was known for it's what he's been known for and then can Keaton Slovis be a guy that helps you win games and stay in games and be in games uh, as you're as you're kind of growing and developing as a team a really good quarterback in college football goes a long way I mean you can make up for so much if you get a guy that can really um, make things happen. You look at Caleb Williams at USC. USC was terrible on defense. But um, Caleb Williams took him a win from making the college football playoff just because they were so dynamic and so good on, on offense. So I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure the big buzz for Kalani is how does Jay Hill fit into all of this? And then, of course, you know, where's Keaton Slovis? Um, I'm interested to see how everything shakes out. It's you know what's crazy too is to think of Aaron Roderick and uh, and Fessy Satake really being veterans at their spot now and calling plays. They're very comfortable with what the offense is. I think that they are ahead of the game most of the time. I think they're outthinking people. Uh, they're always trying to find an iteration and a wrinkle in this offense that would make them a little bit better. And I don't think you could have involved wrinkles and different iterations if you don't have a guy like Keaton Slovis who is as veteran as he is. Uh, you throw a brand, brand new guy in there, and it's a different start. It's something else. But I, I just am – I'm really impressed by by what they're doing right off the bat, and it's freaking early, and I get it. But uh, here's what Kalani had to say about the defense because that's the part where everybody's going, this is the brand shiny new part of it. So you have this the, – the, the old hat offense, right, and figuring things out with A-Rod and, uh, and Satake. And then you've got Jay Hill and this defensive staff that is uh, – massively uh, going, I mean, just an, an absolute buzzsaw of a bunch of personalities, great recruiters, guys who are really good at their positions and really good at their jobs. And I think that's uh, exciting for BYU fans. Here's what Kalani said about Jay Hill. I think he's utilizing the personnel and the talent the right way, putting guys in the right spots. And uh, just a matter of them competing. And right now we don't have pads on, but but a lot of speed on the field. And it's just a matter of us making sure that we you know teach them all the, uh, the the fundamentals and techniques, so that when the pads come on, we can really get after it, be physical, and, and compete for some spots. Yeah, Jay Hill's Jay Hill's fascinating to me because um, I just felt like he was a guy that was looking to get uh, the next head coaching job. I mean, I think he left Utah. Uh, to get that the experience and the opportunity at Weber State to kind of make that leap to kind of do the Gary Anderson path, and it felt like he was headed in that right direction. It certainly felt like Utah State was uh, uh, the next or a possible leap for him, and I think a lot of people were surprised. And so, to 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 me, I I think this is taking a step back. You know, being a coordinator um, now, it's at a Power Five school, and I'm sure that's that was what's enticing, but it. It'll be fascinating to see if Jay Hill can kind of have the success because I don't think Jay Hill's a guy that goes, my ultimate destination is BYU. So I, I don't know that he's a guy that's going to be around forever there, but uh, I, I think he's got bigger aspir- aspirations about what he wants to do and what he wants to be. And so this is, you know, it'll be a really good test for him. Can he get this defense going and can he do it when BYU's going right into the Big 12? It's, it's, it's a tall task. 
Lots to talk about, lots of exciting stuff. Uh, we've got more audio that we're going to bring to you throughout the week uh, as we get it from uh, from practice there from BYU. And uh, But they're the first ones getting started with spring, so uh, there we are. We're going to have as much as we can bring you uh, right here. And you get a, you're going to get the best coverage right here on the KSL Sports Zone, uh, also kslsports.com, where Mitch uh, has his stuff going up every day. So never going to get better coverage than uh, right here on KSL Sports and the KSL Sports Zone. Let's take a break. Uh, when we do, by the way, speaking of KSL Sports, why don't you go and download the new KSL Sports app? If you have been streaming uh, on the former Zone app, get the KSL Sports app, and you're going to get the the KSL Sports Zone right there and stream it. It's a uh, it's just a way more streamlined situation, and it's uh it, it filled with a lot fewer bugs. I'll tell you than the uh, than the old app. So download the KSL Sport the new KSL Sports app and get yourself going on that. When we come back, we've got Scott Mitchell's crystal ball. Looking into the future, and it's all Pac-12 based. All questions that have to do with the Pac-12. So Scott's going to uh, predict the future here, and he actually has the crystal ball in the building. So that's an important thing to note. When Scott does a crystal ball, he goes the Scott entire crystal ball. Oh yeah, that's an actual thing. It's an actual thing. You, it, it used to be a nine hundred number. So <laughs> you'd have to. People were getting uh, it mixed up <laughs> with other nine hundred numbers. Nine hundred numbers. Yeah, it's kind of bad. So they had to take oh, it off the air. Remember nine hundred numbers? Yeah. Boy, I thought I was ordering something, and I thought I was yes, ordering this. Uh, sure, you did. I thought I was ordering this Tupperware. Sure, you thought you were. You're so full. <laughs> sure, you knew exactly what you were doing. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll come back. More to go around the corner. Ninety-seven-five DKSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Colley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. This is Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Keery. With the access and insight on the teams you're passionate about. I love it, baby. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Scott Mitchell's crystal ball. So I was actually, this is kind of funny. My wife's aunt passed away not that long ago. Super funny, right? (laughs) Sorry. No, but like at the funeral, and I don't think a lot of people knew this, they were talking about like stuff that she, you know, she was like, you know, she worked for like a county here recently or like here locally. And, but one of the things she did on the side was she was a, she was a psychic. She was a phone. Yeah. And you know what? What's wrong with that? I, that's what I'm saying is I think that I think that uh, we're finding I, I something out about going to happen in the future. Oh, I love that we are on the radio. Scott still gets the bag out. <laughs> well, that's where the stuff know, is in. But the he crystal ball is in the crystal bag. Ball. Well, he will not show it to I'm me. I'm not going to give up my secrets. <laughs> Don't be looking at my this is a, crystal ball. This is a, this is a Pac-12 edition of uh, Scott Mitchell's crystal ball here. So, uh, Scott, as you... Uh, Oh, you got to get past some of this. Oh, boy, the binoculars are out looking at the crystal ball. What is the future of the Pac-12 TV deal? 
This is all Pac-12 questions I have right now because we're burning questions right now. What is the freaking future of the Pac-12 TV deal? Where can I start watching them on TV next year? Well, let me look here. Let me reach. Oh, boy. Oh, oh. What are you seeing? Oh. Um. Oh, I, I see. I see some fruit. Oh. Oh, no, that's just an old sandwich. Oh, <laughs> an oh old dang sand- it. I thought oh, we that gonna... wasn't. Oh, boy, that's a nasty That's an old sandwich. sandwich. Um, I see a feather. Oh. Oh, it's a it's a bird. What are we looking at? Here? Actually, it's a it's the peacock a one, peacock network. It's a one finger bird. Oh, uh, twi- Twitter giving <laughs> giving the Pac twelve <laughs> the one finger bird. So they can't, you can't even not Twitter. You cannot get me on Twitter. Peacock. Nope. Oh, you know what? I see, I see an eye. Oh, yeah. CBS. Oh, is it just one? Is it CBS? No, it's a peacock feather. Oh, it is a peacock yeah. feather. Yes. You're not supposed to guess. You guess supposed to let me. Okay, I just didn't. I'm, you you don't 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 anticipate. But you, you know me, how it is with your you future. Me, you want you to see something. You let me look at the crystal ball. All right, sorry. You sit there quietly, right, and I'll right. tell you what's gonna. I got some beef jerky. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's my crystal. I'm ball. like, what is it? Because well, I get because you know how you go wanting you go wanting to get some answers, and sometimes you're kind of. You're kind of just trying to reaffirm the things you already want I'm to believe. I'm not one of those psychics that goes, uh, I'm seeing a family Ooh. member. Uh, is it, uh, it's your aunt. No, no, your Somebody uncle. with an M? No, so, yeah. Somebody with an M? Yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll just do this one straight up. Ooh, All can right. I sell that beef jerky still, though? Yeah. Okay. Uh, who joins the Pac-12 in the next couple of years, then? Oh. Oh. An actual, who's uh, going to join the Pac-12? I'm seeing a Trans Am. A Trans Am. Uh, driven by Eric Dickerson. <laughs> it's a gold one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that he drove to SMU oh. from Texas A and M. So it looks like uh, SMU is gonna is definitely gonna be a member of the Pac twelve. So was it A and M that gave him the Trans Am? Is that what it no, was? No, it was it was uh, actually no, it's A and M that gave him the right, and then he and he took the Trans Am and, and he drove it went to, over to, <laughs> to Dallas. Go, drove it to SMU. <laughs> I want to play with Craig James. Where, where they gave him money. All right. True story, by the way. So SMU only? Is that who? Oh, no, no, Anybody no. else? That's all it's showing me right now. It's, it still has a question mark. There's some, apparently, there's there's some mystery teams out there still yet right. to be determined. Final year for USC and UCLA. Wait, it says Golden Domer? <gasps> what does that mean? I don't know. Okay. But I'm not supposed to ask. It's a mystery team. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Georgia Tech. <laughs> the Golden Domers. Everybody knows No, it like is that. a tech school, though. Oh, okay. Okay. Utah Tech. <laughs> uh, yeah, Utah Tech. I didn't know they started wearing gold helmets. Um, Scott, it's the final year for USC and UCLA. Yep. Not, I, don't, I don't want you to look into the future on how they're going to perform this year. Oh. I want you to look in the way future. Ooh. I'm going to have to dig deeper. Yeah, that I am. One. Your hand is in your bag. I love it. He's really digging around. Uh, how are they going to fare in the 2024 season? We'll start first with UCLA. How's UCLA going to do in the 2024 season when in the, their first go in the Big Ten? Um, oh, it's, a, it's an inverted pyramid from John Wooden. You know, the, you know oh, yeah. the John Wooden? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that means uh, everything is going to be turned upside down. Yeah, it's a... It's it's going to be a like the they'll be the top of the big no they'll the be big ten they'll be inverted well, at the bottom ups, yeah they're gonna the top is the bottom okay 
So the, the like the pinnacle is actually at the base. Okay. Which has no foundation. <laughs> the thing is going to tip over. Going to tip over right. and and uh, probably kill All a right. few of the camels. I don't want to rush your desert. crystal ball here, but okay. What about USC? USC in the Big Ten. Oh, what are they going to um, do that first year? I see an orange. Oh, wow. Um, as in OJ is in the juice. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not the. It's not the orange bowl. Their, their best days were behind them. Oh, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. See, I think a lot of people, if they're not able to interpret the crystal ball like you are, no, no, no. they would the, think orange bowl. No, the This juice. is different. This is OJ. Okay. Yeah, best days. They're they're better off retiring to Florida and playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever they do, do not play in Nevada. Hey, You'll get arrested. Also on Twitter. Very popular on Twitter. Yes. All right. Scott, good addition to the crystal ball. Woo. I've gotten a lot of answers that I needed. Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back. We have our that's that my energy. We have our medical minute coming up with the University of Utah Health. Talking about Tommy John surgery, etc. Stay with us. 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. What are the odds? Okay, sir. The bet is to you. All in, baby. You'll know exactly. Um, more or less. What's going to happen? This is 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Mr. Tex-Mex over here. Jalapena? Well, how do you say that? So, because, look, when somebody says jalapeno, then Jeremy gets offended suddenly. Yeah. Like, you're, like your like family you're, like you're from Mexico, runs a jalapeno, uh, jalapeno farm. Jalapeno. Like, come on, man. At least they didn't say jalapeno. <laughs> like, that's a that's one of my favorites. I like Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> Go in the Puerto Vallarta. You guys going out to the Luke? Cabo San Lucas. <laughs> American American uh, Spanish accents are the best, a.k.a. the worst. Oh, yo, hablo. Oh, yeah, big time. I hablo are big time Spanish, man. Uh, I heard a rumor. You did? Yep, sports rumor. All right, so nowadays you call it, you got to, it's, uh, you're spilling the tea. You're spilling dishing, the tea? Yeah, you're spilling the tea. The tea is hot. All right, well, what's, uh, what's whatever What's this hot tea you're means. delivering here? Uh, so I heard it on the Rich Eisen show, and apparently uh, he heard this at the Combine, apparently after having several glasses of... Pinot Noir? Yeah. Jalapeno Jalapeno Noir? Noir. Yeah. Okay. What is that? Uh, I don't know my Don Perron? (laughs) (laughs) Dom Perignon. (laughs) Perignon. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so you you know take it with a grain of salt. Oh, that's a margarita. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Tequila. <laughs> go ahead. What is it? Spill the tea. Uh, now I forgot. No, I didn't forget. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady. Oh boy. Might be coming back for another season. I am so freaking over this. You know what? I'm over. You know what the you know what the theory was? What? Someone saw him and they said, "Hey." He hasn't gained weight. He doesn't look fat. He never will. He still looks like he's in shape. He, by the way, I mean, you said it during the football season. He looks kind of gaunt, actually. Yeah. Like the guy needs a sandwich. Yeah. He looked like he'd been going through a lot. He needs one of those JCW shakes. Those ones yeah. that are massive. Yeah. Give him a shake, and I don't. Well, th- give him the jalapeno burger. Oh, we'll give him the burger and the shake. He'll be yeah. on his way. And some of those cheese fries. I'm telling you, the guy is. I, I mean. The pr- the problem with those rumors are, he's he's not starting these rumors, and so he's over it. I think 
Do I you just, think he's not starting? I don't. I can't stand even the idea of these rumors. Hey, that let's we're get have Jim Gray on the phone. Call Jim Gray up. I love what, how he got grumpy at Jim Gray. He's like, that Jim, was a, that was a don't planned. freaking ask me that question again. That was totally planned. All right. Well, Those I'm are, just uh, asking you what yeah. the people wanted to hear, Tom. You uh, you know bad acting. That was bad acting right there. Jim Gray. I mean, could you have found a more milquetoast dude to do those interviews? And, like, the fake outrage that he has, the fake, like, journalistic integrity? Ridiculous. All right. Um <clears throat> Scott, here's what we got. We only have time for one question on our What are the Odds? All here. right. Uh, by the way, brought to you by the folks at uh, RGS Exteriors. Give your new home or give your home that look this year with the stucco brick vinyl, James Hardy siding. Uh, anything you want to be able to keep up with the Joneses, don't keep up with them. Be the Joneses. Get that new look by calling the folks at RGS Exteriors. 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110. Um, Scott, what are the odds that uh, BYU, who we talked a little bit about at the beginning of the uh, the front end of this one, that BYU gets an NIT bid? 19 Does, doesn't, win. Doesn't everyone get an NIT bid? No, they don't. They, no, really? there used to be a lot of tournaments. I think a lot of them, thank heavens, COVID killed off a lot of those crappy tournaments, didn't it? Like, I don't know if the CIT – is the CIT a thing still? Is the CBI? How how many teams get in the NIT? Is it like um, 32? 32. No, it's 32. It's I like think it's 32. 32. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah. Oh crap! The CBI is still going. Dang it! I'll I'll say it's uh, it's kind of middle. Of, I'm going to go Bill Bates, forty percent. Forty. Oh yeah. Um, the CBI returns to Daytona Beach this March 18th through the 22nd, only on ESPN two. Hey, they got a better deal than the uh, Pac-12 did. CBI College Basketball Invitational. Now, bonus points if you know who won it last year, because I can't—I don't even recognize this school in the picture that I'm seeing here. Oh, who is this? Creighton. No, no, because Creighton's like at least like recognizable. I don't even know who that is. I'm gonna say I, I don't. I, I think that somebody was talking to me about this. BYU's a good name, and they've done well in the NIT before. The thing is, is they finished like fifth or sixth in the in the in the WCC with a losing record. I, I don't know. I. And and I think somebody who had put it out there on Twitter too said, the NIT looks at like the overall value of your ba- not value the how good your basketball team is, like the teams who should be in the NCAA so like tournament. Not, those not are the number one seeds. Of not the, necessarily like that you lost. Oh, we won good, nine, against right. good teams, and and we won nineteen games. It's like that's actually winning nineteen games in twenty twenty three is, you know, going seven and six. You know, it's just it's not really the thing. It's not what you do. I'm going to go with a – what did Ainge wear at BYU? I'm going to go with a 22%, 22% chance that uh, BYU gets in the yeah, old uh, Nancy. I just don't know if it – I mean, it would be good for their practices or whatever, but it was a bummer of a year for BYU basketball, man. And part of it is just like you just didn't hear about when it When you much. say it's good for their practices, what, they just get to practice a little bit longer? they have extras. Yeah, and these game, the games are important. That t- Those types of reps that you're allowed to have more of, just take them. I don't know about the CBI, but yeah. All right. Let's take the break here. Tickets. Oh, we got tickets to give away. We have tickets for the Jazz. It's our Team 49 Don't Tank on Me Now Ticket Tuesday. Although the tank may be in. Who knows? You can start tonight watching this uh, Mavericks team. But we're giving away Jazz tickets right now. Now they're not going to be back at home for a minute, but so we're going to give these tickets away for March 20th. And this is against the one of the tougher teams in the West now. The Sacramento Kings. Who just thunk that one? Yeah, March 20th. We've got a pair of tickets for 
Call the number 12 right now. 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. You get a pair of tickets to the Jazz Kings on March 20th. So Jazz come back home after that big, long trip, and then uh, you get a couple days, and then you get yourself a, a Sacramento Kings game. 801-575-ZONE. That's what you call right now. Call the number 12. Wins those tickets courtesy of KSL Sports and the Utah Jazz. There you go. Let's take the break. Uh, we will come back. Around the corner, we're going to chat with Pete Futak, one of our favorite guests uh, from College Football News, going to join us and talk a little bit about the future of what the Pac-12 is doing and what the Big 12 and Pac-12 are doing. What is the latest on that, uh, what do we call it, Scott? The hot tea. Spill the tea. Let's go. We'll come back next, right here, 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. See you love. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keurig, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. So, so, so. All right, everybody, welcome on in. It's another edition of Unrivaled. Thanks for being with us. Short show today is we've got uh, jazz coverage starting at 5.30, pregame 5.30. It's always a short jazz. show on here. It's a, definitely a short show. <laughs> a short show. Uh, 5.30 is going to be your pregame with uh, Jake Scott and Coach Tim Lacombe. And then uh, your tip-off on the Jazz Radio Network at 6.30 against this uh, Dallas Mavericks team down in Dallas. So we'll see uh, We'll see what Kyrie Irving and uh, and uh, Luca have prepared for this Jazz team who are going to be shorthanded again They're going to torch the Jazz. You think? Yeah. All right, fine. Joining us right now on the program, he's joined the program many other times, and we love having him on as a guest, Pete Futak from uh, College Football News. Pete, what's going on, man? You guys are selling the Utah Jazz. I am so in now on this game. I am so fired (laughs) up for this NBA thing. I wish I cared about the NBA more. When it gets gets to May, I'm all in. I watch every single second of the playoffs. Until then, it's like, all right, just – See, and I do the same thing for college. I do the same thing for college basketball, where it's just like I will now dip in uh, right now. That that now is what I'm going to be interested. You're not wrong. And uh, you're not wrong. But with the NBA, we're the home of the Jazz, so you know we kind of care about it all the time. So there it is. I think everyone preseason. Yeah, I think everyone has their sport that they go. Yeah, just get me to a point. Right. Baseball, you might say the World Series, you know, and kind of, eh, but. Yeah, but we that. also all have the sport that you go, no, I'm all in all the time on that one. And for me, it's college football. And luckily for Pete, it's the same way. So uh, we're dipping into some spring football already. It's really funny for how much we know spring doesn't matter that much to be like insane talking about it because BYU started up their spring practices yesterday. And any movement that Keaton Slovis made at quarterback, everybody was just like hovering over him. And, and uh, so I just get, and plus the big 12 is on top of BYU as well as they're uh, starting up in July officially as members. But, you know, ask anybody, any BYU fan ever since football season ended, they were in the big 12. So let's start with uh, the big 12 first, because Brett Yormark, man, this guy, Loves to stir the pot, and uh, at the very He's least, good. Yes, at the very least, the rumors are fun. What on earth is going on with the Big Twelve as it pertains to the Pac twelve and the poaching possibilities, or is this just a bunch of of uh, posturing? And you're not going to see a bunch of real crazy movement. Start with this. I know a lot about the sports business world. I, I just do. I've been all in. I know all the stuff about real life. I know people and those things and things. I, for the life of me, do not understand how and why the Big 12 has got all the big conference energy here. Like, 
It, it shouldn't work. They have no media markets. Like, they have no real schools that anybody wants. And yet, they somehow think that they can just go grab a bunch of Pac-12 schools. The thing to remember, think of it this way. When the Big Ten, and like now the SEC, when the Big Ten, more specifically, is going for expansion, they don't just go after, you know, central directional state. They want the University of Maryland. They want the University of Nebraska. They want the State University of New Jersey. You know, so they, they go after the big giant school in a state. They want to dominate. Who's the dominant force on any, from anywhere in the Big 12 other than Kansas in the state of Kansas, which I'm, I'm still stunned has not been plucked by the Big 12, and I'm stunned that the Pac-12 wasn't more proactive to get them earlier. But other than that, it's, the Big 12's in a weird spot because they're in a position where no one really cares about taking their school, so they have some odd stability there. They have a decent TV package to offer. So in the absence of no stability in the Pac-12, they look great. And now who are the big big anchor tenants in the mall for the Big 12? You could argue that BYU in Kansas, those are the two biggest overall athletic department programs in the Big 12. So if they think they can go get Arizona and Utah and Arizona State, which great media markets, they're the big schools in their respective states for the most part, all due respect to BYU, uh, then they yeah, go for it, Big 12. But I don't think they kind of have the, the juice that they think they have. So would a team like Oregon – and Washington, because they they kind of tend to be bigger brands. Does that, for your your line of thinking, does that make sense for the Big Twelve to expand and get teams like that that could then come in and say, "Hey, we've you know we've got um, more than just stability. We've got we've got something that's more marketable. We have we, we you know they they could become the bigger dogs in the in the Big Twelve. But do you want that, though? I mean, there's, a, there's an argument both ways. There's the argument that you do want to be the, the star of a conference. There's something nice about that and that, you know, other programs have left in the past because they weren't. Like, Nebraska couldn't get out of the Big 12 fast enough because it was so sick of Texas. You know, and, and with the way it basically ruled that whole roost in terms of uh, uh, all the, the deals and the TV deals and everything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so either you want to be the big one that everyone loves and that you are the star of the conference, and then there's the opposite side is, do you want the nicest house in the neighborhood? Not really. You know, you kind of want, you know, you want to be around other programs that are going to raise up your profile and give you more uh, eyeballs and more marketing and more ability. Because it's not just about, it's, it, first of all, we're not talking basketball here because that really doesn't factor in. It's really about football. And it's really about the market and the uh, the schools and the alumni base. And the part of the problem is, you know, the Big 12, again, you, you don't have Texas, so you don't have the big school in Texas. You don't, you know, you, you, know, you don't have Oklahoma, so you don't have the big whatever there is in Oklahoma. So, you know, what else you really got? So if you're in Oregon or Washington, I think academically and in terms of eyeballs, in terms of prestige, you're kind of waiting for that call from the Big 10. And I've said all along, from the start, as soon as the, the Big Ten got USC and UCLA, if you're the SEC, read the room. You got to get national now. It, it, as crazy as it sounds, 
Go after Washington and, and uh, Oregon. Go after Arizona and Arizona State. Expand your brand because that's what the Big Ten is doing, and that's why it's the dominant conference in the bunch. Pete Futak joining us, College Football News. Uh, the Pac-12, obviously, when you start talking about you know, throwing teams in there and what teams would be interesting, we seem to just go, well, this TV market – you're going to need that, so go ahead and invite. Like, what really goes behind these decisions of bringing these these teams in? Because it used to be, well, your academics aren't good enough, and it seems like we've sort of thrown that out the window. Uh, but we don't know. I don't know what really would make the difference to to make the Pac-12 make a big move. Start with this. I, I am not a doomsayer for the Pac-12 like others are. I don't think it's it's going to go the way of the Big East. Uh, and the part of the problem is it's, it's, there's a big problem here, which is like your biggest, you know, one of your biggest markets is San Francisco. And that's just dead for college football when it comes to Stanford and Cal. So it sounds now that hasn't stopped the big 10 before from trying to expand into markets and trying, you know, Rutgers, for example, <laughs> uh, because it wanted to expand that brand. So there's something about that. But for the Big 12, it, academically, you would, that's your dream to get, like, a Stanford and Cal. It doesn't really fit. I'm not going to get in the political side of this. It certainly doesn't fit the political way of most Big 12 schools. But uh, also, it just if you're Stanford and Cal, you're not going to really want to be associated with those schools academically. It just, it just doesn't fit. So you got to assume that Stanford and Cal are going to hang around. So then what else you got? So I, I, I don't think – I'm not sold that Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah are desperate to, to bolt over to the Big 12. That, that's, it feels like it's taking a step back. It just it feels like it's it, – it's, if, you're, if you're lumped onto the, the, the Big 12, that means you're not going to the Big 10 or the SEC, and that's where these schools really want to go in. So it would almost be a better deal for them to buy their time – even if it's a, a kind of a lousier deal or, or a, a not as great deal, I should say, uh, to hang around some sort of a Pac-12 world that's all about streaming, which is what everyone does anyway, um, better to do that and then wait for the call from the, the expanded Big Tens and SECs than it would be to go to the Big 12. Where did the Pac-12 go wrong? Uh, it just it just felt like this was this was a con- you know this is a conference of champions. This is a conference that's been around for a long time. It's had that long time association with the Big Ten and the Rose Bowl and uh, and and then is it the TV deal? Is it? It also feels like ESPN or some of these major uh, sports programming stations kind of have an, a vendetta out for the Pac-12 because of the Pac-12 network. Where did it all go wrong, and and is it are they trying to kill the Pac-12, or is there a way for the Pac-12 to survive? Yeah, all of it. I don't think the Pac-12 is going to be killed, but uh, you're right. I, it, the part of the problem is the TV deal because you know the whole Pac-12 after dark thing's cute, but not for TV ratings. It's not when you've got two thirds of the country sleeping when you're you know showcasing it. What was the you know you always have these great Pac-12 shootouts and. You know, no one's watching them unless you're, you know, in the right time zone. So that was a part of the deal. I think the the bigger giant issue here is Pac-12 wasn't proactive when it came to expansion, and I don't know what was holding them all back. I know they're like you, you alluded to. 
There's the academic side of things. There is the we don't want to split the pie side. And it does come down to the member schools to have to uh, say yay or nay to, to these. That's why it took so long for a Houston and a UCF to join up with uh, uh, the Big 12 because you needed Texas and Oklahoma to get out of there and for these other schools to say, yeah, we'll, we'll do this now. So it was. they came really, really close. If you remember 10 years ago, was it? They came really close to getting Oklahoma, which I would have been a brilliant deal for Oklahoma mm. in every way, shape, and form. Didn't work out. I don't, again, I don't know why they don't have Kansas. I don't know why they didn't expand their brand further east to get into at least the central time zone to just move out of the Pacific time zone enough where you can have games that are on when people are awake and watching. So it just all kind of fell apart. And then they just didn't go after the schools to really sort of expand it to make it more attractive for UCLA and USC. And at the end of the day, no matter what they were able to do, if the Big Ten was able to figure out how to do it, the big USC and UCLA were going to go to the Big Ten because that's the show. That's the biggest uh, conference game in town. So uh, now what do you got in Southern California? Right now, nothing. And you can't just replace it with San Diego State. You got Pepperdine. <laughs> yeah, the wave. Nice. Pretty school. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's a nice place to go. I was just in. I was just in San Diego State uh, this last weekend. It's that's great. Everyone's going to want to go there. It's just it's you can't. You're going to have to. You, you can't replace Giambi and Damon here. You can't. It's you got to figure out how a way to you know money ball your way back, and it's still not going to equal to USC and UCLA. So I think at some point we were talking about um, the massive amount in the middle of the summer. I mean, you came on with us uh, on uh, you know conference D Day when the, everything blew up with UCLA and, and USC. And that was just wild because the next following weeks were, we're going to have 40-team super conferences, one over here, one over here. Like, we just threw out these insane numbers. But what's, like, a real – like, what's the reality of what the next five years or the next TV deals will bring in terms of how big conferences are going to end up getting? I think the, I think it's probably – I say this and watch as we speak to, that one of these things is going to blow up. But I would be sort of stunned if you had a, a lot of big movement right away now the only movement i would see would be colorado the big 12 maybe just because it it it, it makes geographic sense arizona and again you're talking markets here arizona state i think is a gem because you've got the phoenix tempe market so i i think if anything happens it would it might you might have one or two teams going to the big 12 i would be shocked if utah made the jump to the the big 12 i do think the pac-12 survives and gets gets some sort of deal where they're able to just sort of stay alive. It's not going to be anything amazing and uh, nothing that's going to blow everything up, but I think they're going to get something in place where everyone's able to say, okay, we can still be a Pac-12. And, you know, think about going forward, too. With the new expanded college football playoff, if you want to be in the big, you want to be in the Pac-12. You know, you, you can be one of those teams that, you know, can, you know go 10-2, you might be, and you're going to be in the college football playoff. So I think going forward, there's a lot of nice parts to this, but they've got to keep expanding. They've got to keep doing more. They've got to keep finding San Diego State, UNLV. Again, I think take the moonshot. I, I still say whatever Notre Dame wants. If you can figure that out, go for it. Hmm. Kansas, I still think, would be the brilliant. I mean, they've got to, they, they've got to act bigger than they're acting right now. Because, like you said, you start off by saying the Big 12 is acting like it can do anything it wants. They are selling this thing right, and they've got all the juice right now. 
the Pac-12's got to get a win somewhere and then go from there. Is there anything that could happen with the ACC? Can, can someone come along and, and I don't know, I, I've made this comment before where Phil Knight just throws some of his weight around and he pays the exit fee for some of these schools to come out of the ACC and you have a coast-to-coast conference with the Pac-12 and the, and the ACC or some of the schools at least from from those conferences. And Is there anything that can be done with the ACC or is this just a pie-in-the-sky kind of dream? Yeah, I'm going to talk like I know what I'm talking about, like lawyerish here. It's not <laughs> that simple because if it were, North Carolina's the whale. I mean, that's the, that is the school that the Big Ten and the SEC would love to have. They would love everything about getting, tapping into the, uh, the market down there and getting the Tar Heels. The kind of, there, was a, there was talk about several years ago, but North Carolina wanted Duke as a part of this, and Big Ten didn't really want that. So uh, the problem is it's not – they are crushed by their grant of rights deal. So it's not just paying the exit fee. It is paying what the – as far as I get this – if you have to pay the TV rights that you lost, you would have been paid up until 2036. Oh. That's a massive chunk of change to get these schools out. And the problem now going forward is you have schools like Florida State that are being like, we can't compete. You know, we, we are a big-time program, and we're going to get paid half of what the SEC and Big Ten schools are getting paid, and we are stuck, and we can't get out of this for another you know, was it 12 years or so, 10, 12 years or so. And they're freaking out because we got to do something. The ACC realizes this, but they're not going to just rip up their deal because the second they do, then the vultures are going to come in and go after all these big time programs. So they're sort of nestled into what they got right now. Pete Futak uh, joining us, and he does uh, periodically for uh, college football news and does a fantastic job. Read his byline there. Pete, we're uh, looking forward to any sort of changes just because it makes our life so much more interesting. And you know what? You get to come on and uh, and, and yell, at, yell at about it with us, and uh, we love that. So thanks for being on with us, man. Anytime. Thanks for having me on, and go Jazz. There you go. See? Big Jazz fan now. Converted him. Just in that segment. But what is it he's asking them to go do? Tank or Yeah, which win? one is it? Just go. Just he go, go do He'd go, tank? Is that a – It's a thing. You're cheering for people to lose? What? Yeah, you have to. You have to sometimes. Yeah, interesting. Hey, should we do? Uh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do some tickets next again. All right, because we got we have Jake we have Jake Scott coming on next to uh, preview his preview of the Jazz versus uh, Mavericks this evening, uh, and we're, so we're going to give away some tickets with him when he comes on. He doesn't win the tickets, but we'll give away tickets while he's on with us. Uh, are you a business owner? You have better things to do than just job hunt, scramble, find your next rate hire. Spherion staffing and recruiting. Have them help you do it. Visit them online, spherion.com slash Utah. It's S-P-H-E-R-I-O-N dot com slash Utah. Spherion.com slash Utah. Uh, we'll take a break. When we return, we do. We have uh, we have our guy, Jake Scott, joining us, and he's going to break down this game tonight uh, all around the corner. Stay with us, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies. This is Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Keering. It's our show, all right? Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
Game day, Jazz versus Mavericks coming up in about, well, just less than an hour. You're going to hear from Jake Scott and Tim Lacombe uh, getting you ready for this Jazz v. Mavericks matchup down in Dallas. Third game of a six-game roadie. They're, uh, they've lost three in a row, the Jazz have. And questionable for today's game with Colin Sexton already being out, of course. Jordan Clarkson with the sprained finger. And then uh, Walker Kessler is uh, questionable with an illness. So added to the list of things that just have to be juggled around on a nightly basis, it seems like, for uh, Will Hardy and company. Jake Scott joins us on the program right now. Jake, what's going on, man? Gentlemen, unrivaled Scott, Alex, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Thanks for having me. I I need to apologize in advance because uh, normally I hate when uh, guests are driving while on the uh, on their interview. But I I got to tell you, wife's out of town. Alex, my wife is a big deal as yours is as well. Mm-hmm. So I know you can sympathize. She's out of town. I had to meet the sitter, and I'm bouncing down to the studio for pregame. Love so, it. if we get cut if we get cut off, it's Jeremy's fault and <laughs> just give me back. I just love that I love the idea. Well, I'm mad that your kids aren't in the car while it's happening. And if it were like a <laughs> if it were a full lock interview, we would get a Oh my gosh, there's a guy just walked across the street. You should have seen him. Like in the middle of the interview, which would have like just caps it off. So, uh I don't know we don't know what to think about this Jazz team because after the three-game losing streak right now that they're in the midst of, we've kind of looked and gone all right, and guys seem to be missing every night, and Will Hardy's being asked to do a lot with a lot less than it seems like he's had. So what's going on with this team right now? Where's their head at? Well, I think there's – there's it depends on who you are on the team, but I think it's kind of a, a low-pressure, uh, just-go-out-there-and-play kind of thing because, as we've talked before, the Jazz are not going to intentionally lose games. The effort level is always going to be high, no matter who's out there, but – you know, if if Lowry's back hurts and is a little sore because he jarred it up, you know, he's not going to play. Colin Sexton is, is going to be, you know, gentle on that hamstring. We know hamstrings are weird. They linger. You know, he's not going to rush it back. They're, they're not worried about making the playoffs. They're not that worried about winning games. But at the same time, like I, you know, listen to Chris Dunn, who, who you guys just played. This is his chance to play to be in the league. Yep. I mean, you know, there's there's a chance he may never get this many minutes again. You know, and and he's going to go out and ball out. He's he's literally playing day by day. You know, just signed his second second ten day contract. And there's a lot of that going on on the team right now. And you know, I'm sure Lowry wants to play, and these guys would prefer to make the playoffs because they're competitive. But you know, as a whole, I think the the pressure's off. They can just go out there and. And ball like as an example, I think they're going to score a ton of points tonight. They may lose to Dallas, but Dallas's defense is so bad, so bad that I think they'll go out and play. They'll play play loose, and that's that's turned into some turnovers, which isn't so good. But you know, it's low pressure. They're going to go out there and 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 go for it. And it, it I think it makes it fun for me to watch, as opposed to. You know, intentionally losing games. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't. I, I don't know. I've seen that over the years, and that's that's not what the team is doing. And I'm glad they're not. So it's been a, a tough stretch here the last few games, and, and of course a long road trip here. But what what have you liked about this team? What's what's been a positive um, take off of what's been going on overall, or over this just last just this stretch? last just this last stretch here? You know, just kind of this, okay. this road stretch, the, this last bit of bit of time. The answers are, you know, a little bit different because overall it's Lowry. Man, you got an all-star back. Yeah. 
Patrick Donovan, Mitchell, holy cow. You know, uh, but more in the short term, um, I think you've seen things like Jordan Clarkson's importance, and, and they, they still need, you know, guys like Jordan Clarkson and, and Colin Sexton who are able to beat their guy and get things going for other guys. And you think you've, you've seen even Lowry be a little, a little limited, um, you know, when he's not playing with a bunch of, of creators. And so maybe, maybe I guess my answer, Scott, is, is more in what it's highlighted that the Jazz need. You know, they need, a, they need a player like Mike Conley. He's really good. You know, he's a, he's a conductor pulling the strings. And I think we've seen Taylor Horton Tucker try to try to do that a little bit. And, you know, maybe that's not his role in the league. And so maybe it's, it's highlighted a couple of things that they, they've got to think about uh, going forward. But we have seen, you know, Chris Dunn's a, a great story. And, and I'm stoked to, to see him go out there and play well. Um, so do, maybe, do you maybe like, that's do you like Chris Dunn? Answer. Yeah, do you like him yeah. for the future? I mean, no, I've I've liked his game, but but is he a guy? Is he is he a guy that you could see? You know, with the team moving forward and, and part of the bigger bigger picture. Oh, by bigger picture, you mean a rotational guy? Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, uh, a backup point guard or, or somebody like that. Sure. I mean, uh, you know what I love about him is he plays defense. I mean, he he has the the care factor is super high. His the, the knock on him has been he hasn't shot the ball well so far in his career, and he's shooting the ball really well right now. I don't know how much that can continue because you know he's really amped. He's really taking advantage of, of things. But you know, he he mentioned in that clip again. He just played about the turnovers. If he can limit his own turnovers. You know, become a smarter basketball player in a sense that, you know, you know what to do when the ball's in your hand and you're confident and you can run, you know, an NBA team when you're you're called upon to do so. If you can and shoot a little bit, sure, why not? I mean, I, I love a guy that will go out there and volunteer to guard the other team's best player and do it pretty darn well. That's a, that's a guy you want to keep around, you know. So finding an excuse to keep him around as long as he's not just a complete negative on the offensive end, which I don't know, so far he hasn't been, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. We're uh, trying to figure out this Dallas Mavericks team, too, who, you know, obviously making the adjustments that they did and, and getting a, a Kyrie Irving during the trade, uh, you know, scuttle. And to be able to try to figure out how much are Kyrie and and uh, and Luca kind of figuring each other out and where does this go long term for this team? Like, where are they going to end up? And did they really get that much better uh, with this trade? No, no, they didn't. And, and they're going to end up the exact same place they would have, if not worse. They they can't they can't guard at all. And and really, this is what I'm going to be watching for tonight. And I think I know the answer because I've seen it a little bit so far with those two. Is it's it's not like them playing together to make the team better. It's take turns basketball where Luca has it, then Kyrie has it, then Luca has it, and and it's not. You know, it's not cohesive. You just have two players playing, um, playing their own. Like, like I'll give you an example. The best, the, the best sports radio, in my opinion, is conversational. You know, you guys, you and Scott, uh, Alex, you guys, you guys talk to each other and converse and listen and all. The, it's it's intriguing. I've heard sports radio shows where it's one host talking for five minutes because it's their turn, and then the next host talking for five minutes because it's their turn and they weren't even listening to each other and it's it i don't know it you can always you, tell you yeah, it, <laughs> yeah you, can, you know what i mean you know so i don't think it works in dallas mainly 
because they don't play they don't have anybody to play defense they they don't but they're desperate because they think um Luca will leave he they Luca's this generational player right right and Luca wants more surrounding him and you know it's just another example of franchises bending over backwards for star players which is is kind of the the world we're living in I guess but it's delicate because it makes you make some risky decisions I think I think at the very least we could probably all agree that this is a risky it's a it's a risky thing to go with Kyrie he can leave at the end of the year Kyrie could leave yeah. them it, flat at the end of the year is it uh, I mean can it work you know with, uh, with too many egos in a room uh, you know or uh, or is it just is it the personality like you said I mean it's Kyrie and and he can leave but he you know, he also kind of comes with seems to be a difficult guy to to, to work with. Um, but can you have those two great superstars? I mean, there I think there were issues with Donovan and Rudy, and kind of how sure. things were with the Jazz. So can you? I mean, Kobe and Shaq. You know, they kind of even though they won championships, ultimately they couldn't get along. I mean, is it possible for two big guys, two big egos, to to be in the same room? Oh man, Scott, you're, I love this stuff. I, I, this is why I love sports in the NBA because those questions are 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 so is are are so interesting to me. Like, why was Phil Jackson such a great coach? Because he had these these crazy talented maniacs, ego maniacs, that he was somehow able to zen into this magnificent thing with Chicago that had nothing to do with the triangle offense or the, any special scheme. It was all he figured out how to, to get Michael and Scotty and uh, manage those egos and then throw a little Dennis Rodman in there if you didn't have enough on your plate. And He got it to work. And then he, you mentioned Shaq and Kobe. He did, it, he did it again with the Lakers. I mean, you know, Jerry Sloan got John and Carl to, to work together right. for years, and he was always this quiet kind of stoic personality that wasn't going to tell you how he did it, but he did it. And, and like, you look at what's going on in Memphis. Poor Taylor Jenkins. What a mess. Jeez. He's got a, <laughs> got a crazy, talented team, and he's a really good coach. But uh, he's got I, – I called it on, uh, on uh, my show today with Ben uh, – chaos. You know, the, the teams that are best at managing the chaos are usually the most successful, and when the chaos overtakes, it's crazy. And simply by adding Kyrie Irving to your your team, you're adding chaos, no matter what. I mean, even if he has his head completely on straight, he's answering questions about being chaotic. I mean, he's just – he's become this cartoon character for chaos. He's a wrestling villain. And so no matter what, he's going to be chaotic and – he introduced it to an already kind of desperate situation. I feel bad for Jason Kidd because I think he coached a heck of a series last year against the Jazz, and I didn't think he was that great a coach going into last season, and he did. He coached well, and now I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he does because <laughs> it, it's – yeah, and he, he, back to he doesn't have anybody who can stop anybody. What are you going to do? You know, you can score 160 points. The other team scores 170. You're not going to win. Yeah, uh, that's, their, that's little, their mode. Little quiz for you guys: Name the last it. NBA NBA champion that was moderate or worse or worse on defense. Oh, you know, like like middle of the league or worse. When was the last NBA champion? Um, let me think here. Middle of the middle of the middle of the road or worse. 
Let's go with uh, well. Now hold on. What about the uh, what about that? Maybe more recently, that Golden State Warriors team back in like fifteen, maybe they were giving up a lot of points per game, but they were scoring so freaking many, no one cared. Oh man, if you go back and look at Golden State's run, and you know some stat nerds maybe sent something in that uh, that could back you up, Alex. But I mean, if you look at the heart of Golden State's run. They were defensively elite. Remember how good defensively they were because Clay Thompson's so big and long and Draymond could guard any position on the floor and they could switch everything. I mean, they were so... Good I just thought maybe it could cover up some cover cover up some of the sins they might have on uh, any given night. I was going to say night. the Bubble Lakers, the Bubble Lakers, <laughs> the Bubble maybe the Bubble Lakers. I mean, but we to don't my count knowledge, it. you really to my knowledge, it really hasn't happened like ever. I mean, you look back. I mean, Jordan oh, so and, and, and his goal. Well, a little bit, and again, some stat nerd can go back and, and stat No, but the, that Bulls team was that, half of those guys were all defensive NBA. I mean, like oh, there was a reason they're so good. The Lakers with with Kobe and Shaq, elite. The Pistons that everybody likes to right. talk about being the non-star team. They were elite on defense. I mean, LeBron was an elite defensive player. Kawhi and the Raptors was a good. They were a good defensive team. I mean, it just doesn't happen where you think like, "Wow, oh, we're going to score 150 points a game." You don't win in the playoffs like that. Because refs are terrible and they stop calling things. And you play the same team over and over again. And the same stuff doesn't always work. And then all of a sudden you get into a close game in the fourth quarter and it's like, well, you need to stop or you lose. And then you lose. We saw it a little bit with the, the Donovan and, and Rudy Jazz teams when the other team would, would go small on them and, and negate the pick and roll and switch everything. And the Jazz, you know, didn't have an answer. And all of a sudden they needed to stop and – couldn't get a stop. You know, what's interesting is I was thinking about that chaos comment you made, too, because I heard you talking about it today, and I thought, you know, the Jazz are funny, and probably really, really good teams are exactly like this because no team can avoid any chaos. They're all chaotic. You know, you might have a little bit more here or there, but the ones that cover it up and make it look like everything's amazing, those are the ones that win freaking championships because if you think that Steve Kerr didn't take a page out of all of the books, you know, that that Phil Jackson wrote on the topic because he was able to be in all those locker rooms with him, I mean, it, it is the amount of egos he had to juggle there in Golden State. I mean, it's not like they all suddenly said, you know what, guys, we should be a, a team and work together on this thing. It's like a bunch of guys managing those egos every night. The best ones are the ones who can get it done and actually. So is it the coach then it. that really makes the difference? That yes. just says, yeah, you know, the, the players buy into what the coach is selling and it feels like defense is where it all starts. Well, I'd, I'd love to know your perspective on that, Scott. What did the way the great Wayne Fonts do? You know, let me tell you something. <laughs> well, let me tell you about what Wayne used to do. Wayne was actually a defensive guy. I mean, I mean, he was very much a believer in in uh, in in defense. He was a good, very good defensive coach. His thing, though, is um, he just left you alone. And and he goes, when I got there, he goes, he goes, that guy number twenty. He can run the ball, so hand the ball off to him. And that guy out there, number yeah. 84, he can catch it, so throw it to him. That's all you got to do. Let's not <laughs> overcomplicate this. Keep it pretty simple. And, you know, he was actually right. Those guys were pretty good, yeah. so we kind of did a lot of yeah. that. You should ask Scott about his uh, thoughts on Bobby Ross on a different day, though. That would be, that'd be, uh, <laughs> yeah. that'd be the better way to, to well, go at it. Well, no, that's that's probably a brilliant way to, to tell it to you, Scott. I'm sure he, he thought it out. You were a – 
a quarterback probably with something to prove and didn't need a, probably a ton of pressure, just needed a simple, like, hey, I got confidence in you, go go hand it to Barry and throw it to Herman, and, man, good things are going to happen. You, you probably needed to hear that, right? You know, I, I bet that was that was calculated. The, putting the ball into players' hands, uh, and I think this is one of the things I really liked about Will Hardy is – um, understanding what their strengths are and putting them in a position to to play to their strengths, I think that's where coaches are really good. You have some coaches that just go, this is my system, this is what we're going to do, and uh, and we're going to yeah. run it come hell or high yeah. water. And that that's that's not a good thing. Great coaches figure out what, what you do and, and play to your strengths. Jake Scott, Jake, you've got the uh, microphone uh, here in the next uh, ah, 38 minutes. No problem. You guys are uh, getting ready for this thing. Love hearing you guys, especially that first segment. We always get, I'm always, I always get to drive home and hear Mike Smith's uh, hilarious stories from uh, his time in the league. Half the time, you guys, when we talk about basketball, it's just like, what is on Mike's uh, mind right now? And it's always really fun to hear. So looking forward uh, to it this afternoon. He's, uh, yeah, he's a maniac for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll tune in this afternoon, Jake. We'll talk to you again, man. Hey, thanks, guys. Hey, love your show. Thank you very much. There you go, Jake Scott. Uh, you can hear him just coming up here. Jazz pre-half and post. He does a fantastic job. Uh, all right. I just love the this version of Jake. with like, The dad Jake is funny. I mean, he and I, neither of us were married when we first met each other, and now we have a kajillion kids between us. Mostly I have uh, the kajillion part. Uh, but he's like a he's, – he's, He has the ka and you have the jazillion. <laughs> yeah, I have the, yeah, yeah, I have so freaking many. The 80-20 rule. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, we all grow up. There you go. But in some places we don't grow up, which is I love. That's, that's the other part. All right, let's take the break. Oh, I got tickets to give away. Should we do it when we come back? No, I told people we'd do it now, so let's do it now. Jazz tickets. It's a Team Forty Nine stop stop tanking Tuesday, uh, and we're going to give some tickets out for you for this caller number twelve to five seven five zone. That's eight zero one five seven five zone. You get a pair of tickets to the Jazz and the Kings on March twentieth here at Vivint. Uh, so eight zero one five seven five zone. Caller number twelve right now for those Jazz tickets against the Sacramento Kings, uh, which will not be a gimme, obviously for March twentieth. So uh, check it out eight zero one five seven five zone. Caller number twelve. We will come back. And we've uh, got some more stuff to jam on before we get out early for this jazz coverage. Stay with us, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Better. This is Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kiray. With the access and insight on the teams you're passionate about. I love it, baby. Presented baby, baby, baby. by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right, welcome back. It's Unrivaled, 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. We only have a moment to discuss this before we get into our next hour here and then get you ready for the Jazz game. But uh, I was floating around on the internet, and I saw something pop up, and I was like, I recognize this name. And then as soon as I brought it up in our, our pre-show meeting, Scott goes, oh, that was the kid out of Corner Canyon. Yep. And Devin Brown, who is a quarterback who is actually uh, like thought to be he's, – he's in that quarterback competition at Ohio State to take over for C.J. Stroud. Uh, he's likely going to be at least the second – he's at least going to be the backup quarterback. 
but he's in the battle right now. Like a lot of folks have him as the as pegs as the starter. And he's a Corner Canyon kid. Uh, not like that's insane because Corner Canyon produces insane quarterbacks. But Devin Brown made well, the news Jackson today. Dart and they yes. had Zach Wilson. And, yep, and now uh, Isaac Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Devin Brown, who was playing quarterback at Ohio State, has changed his football number. And it looks so weird because they're in spring practices and he's wearing the black jersey, which is don't touch because I'm a quarterback. He's got the Ohio State stuff on, but he's wearing the number 33. Now, he was 15 and now he's playing. And it's so weird to see a quarterback wearing the number 33. And he says it is a shout out to Sammy Baugh, the first Hall of Fame quarterback inducted into the into the into the football Hall of Fame. So you got to just start this guy no matter what because Because of this. Well, he's channeling like that inner, you know, history and and foundation. I mean, slinging Sammy Ball was Yo, the man. dude. And uh, anybody at quarterback initially, you go, oh, he must be a running quarterback, and it's like, wait a minute, no, that's or a- he's just trying to be a weirdo. Yeah, no, no I like it's it. got, I, it's got, I like it. It's got purpose. The guy um, is is willing to kind of you know stand up to his own conviction. You know, he was like, he believes in himself, and he's confident, and he's. Not going to be dissuaded by anyone. He's like, I'm my own person here. Devin Brown, that's the original quarterback number, in my opinion. That's a pretty that's a pretty strong statement, and you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't be insane to say it's it because, the, like it's I said, the original OG, right yes, there, slinging Sammy Baugh. and and you know, of course, there's a picture. It includes a picture of uh, of slinging Sammy Baugh with the old leatherhead helmets on, and and a bunch of guys running around, and him with that number 33. So there you go. All right. Uh, we will take a break here. We'll come back and let's chat a little bit about this Jazz Mavericks game that's coming up. Uh, and at the bottom of the hour, you're going to get Jake Scott and Tim Lacombe breaking down the Mavs and Jazz tonight down in Dallas. So stay with us, 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Your home for Real Salt Lake. Let's lock in. This is Unrivaled. Yes, yes. The teams you live for, the sports you love. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keurig, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. So, so, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome back. It's Unrivaled 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. It's Jazz Game Day. Scott, get excited, bro. Do you know what I hate? Come I'll on, tell man. You what I hate. What? This is what I hate. What? I really, it really bugs me. And I really like these people. Okay, <laughs> I do. I I I, I have a Be natural careful. affection want, for them. We want and you I to like keep them as, as as individual people. We want you to keep your job. So whatever group of people you're about to marginalize, oh, no, 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 then I mean, how dare you? No, I'm no, going to no, pre-say how dare you so I can keep no, my job. No, no, no. Okay, what do you it's got? It's not anything like I'd never say anything like that. Got? I think, <laughs> uh, and it relates to the jazz. Okay, so this is a jazz thing, and this is what I hate. If you're from Utah. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. You cannot be anything other than a Utah Jazz fan. I don't if you're want, from Utah. If you're from Utah. Yeah. And if you grew up in Utah, and I I just can't stand this, people that are Lakers fans mm. that are from Utah. So we have a couple I, I work know, in the building. I know we have them in the building. I get it. I know. At one point, the entire Cougar Sports Saturday group on KSL News Radio. I do not. Dallin. Matt Biamonte and Mitch Harper, our I, BYU insider, yes. are all massive Laker honks. I don't, right. I don't, I don't get it. I don't hate them, okay? And here's what's As weird. As individuals, so, but I don't understand because here it is to me, if you're a fan, because right now to be a Utah Jazz fan, you have to be all in, right? You have to buy into the Jazz are not going to win this year. They're not going to go to the playoffs. 
they're going to try hard, bless their hearts. Oh but, boy, but this is they're they're trying to figure out a lot of things here. They got a plan in place, and it looks like things are going according to plan. The problem, and this is what I hate, is the Jazz back in the day. You know, they kind of struggled, and and but you know who didn't struggle? The Lakers. So what do these people do? They become Lakers fans because they're winning. You have Listen, a son, Alex. Yesterday they suck again today. Yeah, man. <laughs> Alex, you have a son that's a New England Patriots fan. Yes. And the only reason he's a Patriots fan is because they win. Yes. Now I can almost forgive it with your logic, which is you got to stick by your team. But there's no team here. What's well, the Jazz? No, I'm saying for uh, for NF, an NFL team. He was like, there's no, no, no team I'm, here for me to cheer on. I, and I know you like the Seahawks, I don't, but their colors suck, Dad. And I was like, I can't argue with that. I don't have a problem with your son. I have a problem with people that aren't Utah Jazz fans if they're from yeah. Utah. I really do. You have you have one job. If, you're, if your birth certificate says any of the counties here in the state of Utah, you have one job to cheer for the Utah Jazz. You want, you want me to give you my second pet peeve? <laughs> I feel like... Uh, I don't know where all this vitriol is coming from, but I I want every bit of it. No, what I want is is if you're if you're from Utah and you're a recruit, stay in the freaking state oh. of Utah. No, don't man. be going off to Oregon or USC. Dude, or, I want this is where you experience. and I part ways. This I, is where you and I part ways. You're not from here. You you can't you can't relate to this. I let these kids go you can't to the school. Re- it's going to be oh. So you're telling oh. me Heloti Nata goes from Highland High School up to Oregon. And then has this insane, amazing career. Why not go because- to Utah and then make and and he would be he's not going to be he's not going to be a different player if he goes okay. to Utah. Utah has an amazing defensive line. He would he would be another guy that would cement the Sac Lake City defensive line. And and you know what I I have an issue with it. Mm. And I don't, I know these people they love their Oregon school. I get it. And you know what I've been to the University of Oregon and it's amazing. It's wonderful. But if you're from Utah and I don't it's not that you have to go to Utah. If just stay here locally. Yes. Buy local. Go. Scott's all about buy local. I am. <laughs> a thousand you know, percent. That's a, you know that's beehive cheese. You know, uh, it's Look, a, it's a great local company. Nobody's going to care about us. Except for us. And we got to take care of ourselves here in the state. Yeah, but. Stay home. Yeah, but. Every kid who goes. There's no yeah, but about every, it. Every kid from the state of Utah that goes. So my last school choices are I could go to Stanford or I could go to BYU or Utah. I'm like, what is your problem? You should already be at Stanford. No. Right now. I got recruited by Stanford. And, and then, they saw, sucked, your, then they saw your transcripts? No, I got sucked. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I could have got in there on, on a hardship. Sure. They, the heart. <laughs> they told. They told me. They told me if we really want you, we'll, get we'll you figure in. it out. We'll get you. In. See now they don't. It seems like they don't even do that now. No, but it seems wild. I I was enticed. I was enticed by Stanford. Yeah, stay see, home. But, but see, here was the thing though with Haloti Nata. He, he wasn't choosing between Utah and and Oregon. He chose between Oregon and USC. No, Oregon and, B, and BYU. Well, fine, but don't go to BYU then. I don't care. I'm just telling you. But that was also so he was at Oregon when oh yeah see he was at Oregon pre, uh, pre Utah being in the yeah, in the Pac twelve so like you uh, think about it you go it can I play no, in the, it yeah it was yeah it was can I play in the Pac twelve and uh, get a lot more eyeballs on it and play for Uncle Phil yeah then yes the answer is a guy like Haloti not to, now that's a you know Luther Ellis was that dude I'm looking at Jason I'm looking at, Buck was I've, a good defense I dove into uh, I just dove into Haloti Nata's numbers from the combine. Dude ran a five second, uh, 40. 40. Yeah. 
at six four three forty. Wow. <laughs> he ran a five second forty. And uh you know, thirty nine thirty nine reps on the bench. Yeah. I mean there's Was a, that with like one arm or did he do <laughs> both up his... and uh his vert? Thirty two inches. More than Tavion Thomas. So what I'd be interested in is not what is his forty, but how long does it take him to stop? You get all <laughs> that like mass those, just going. Oh, it's like one of those trains. Do, do they need all, like you know, a, para- takes, a parachute or something? Yeah, yeah. Or you know, it takes seven miles for that train right. to stop. <laughs> Once it gets going. Uh, okay. Hey, can we hit the the cut here? Since Jeremy's sweating bullets over there, wonder if we're going to get to it. Let's go. The other question. Undeniable, unrivaled, top sports story of the hour. Here's what made the cut. <laughs> All right. When have I ever missed the post? Zero times. I know, unless just, it was unless it was told to me a wrong time. Just make sure you get everything in. He was like, "Put it down on time." We have a jazz game tonight. I know. I've worked in this business before. No, I know how it works. I'm Wait, glad. what time did you say though? No, I got it. I got it. Don't worry about it. Jake Scott, Forget Tim McCall coming out. Don't worry about uh, we've it. We've got jazz tickets to give away in just a few moments here because we we're a shorter show, so we want to be able to get to it. It's a short a show today. So keep your. Uh, Keep your fingers ready to dial. My favorite was we were at a, an event one time, and those guys stood in front of us and all dialed the number while we were giving it out at like the expo center. And then they all looked at us and were like, "You guys freaking suck." When they didn't win, and I was like, "Oh, you get an extra bonus, Jeremy? This is a guy calling from the Mountain America Expo Center. Will you give him the tickets?" No. Well, we have to be fair. I can't believe Every, everyone gets yeah, a fair shot. It. Come on. Um, can I bring something up real quick, just because it makes Jeremy nervous? Sure. There is a oh. video floating around on Twitter, right? <laughs> I don't know who. Floating is an operative uh, word. I don't totally want to. Don't you dare. What? Do you, say it again. I'm totally against this because what we discussed before. I'm not going to cuss. All right. So here's the thing. <laughs> you said you've been in the business a while. So no, you I know. I'll, I'll avoid it. I still haven't to this day said any of the four letter words on the air that I know of. So. This guy is at his wrestling tournament. It doesn't say what school he's from. I'm glad they didn't list his name. Is it locally name. or is it? No, no, no. It's, it's a national. So he's in his, his conference tournament. Wrestling. wrestling. He's in the semifinals. Okay. And the ref stops the match. And if it, doesn't, if it wouldn't have said it in the bottom of the video. And then he, he, so he's out there. The guy's winning. And suddenly, the, and he's on, he's on the other guy. He's he's definitely gotten like a reverse on him, and he's got a reversal on him, and he's got some uh, some takedown points, and then suddenly the match stops, and the referee is like sending him off the mat, and he had definitely had a moment that you don't want to have on the mat in a singlet, which is well, there's a couple moments you don't want to have in a singlet, but this this one was he uh, he couldn't hold it in anymore. Yeah. He just he let it he let it go. They so poo poo. <laughs> he's it was on the wrestling mat, and guess what. He got disqualified. That's like yeah, that cause, is because I think it's like like if you well, get a delay, cut or something. What's well, like delay yeah. a game? You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a cut. Yeah. That's well, a, how, how? Well, no. You, like <laughs> you got to let him back in, man. No, Come it's on. A, it's a hygiene thing. Yeah, that's bad. You, they you had get, to evacuate. It's like a pool for a hygiene oh, yeah. thing. You got to evacuate the whole dang thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay. to drain the pool, bring <laughs> the in mats. the hazmat suit. Listen, those mats. Those mats already have disgustingness all over them. Yeah. You add this on top, yeah. You just throw it. You throw it. There's enough stuff to uh, get look. The, no offense. Take your antibiotics and get out of there. Why anyone, anyone in the world would ever want to wrestle is beyond me. Just, <laughs> I did it just to stay in shape. So for football. many reasons, but you know, yeah. hey. Now nah, I got you. To each his All own. right. Uh, I'm glad we had that moment. 
your uh, this portion of the program brought to you by G2G Bars. And also the folks at Trajan Wealth, trusted local financial fiduciaries. Uh, TrajanWealth.com is a website, T-R-A-J-A-N Wealth.com. So, oh, and the G2G Bar, you got to try it. If you've never tried this protein bar, it's fantastic. Refrigerated section at Costco, Associated Foods, uh, Holiday Oil, and Maverick, all there. Jazz tonight, the road swing continues. They take on the Mavericks. What do you want? What do you anticipate? What uh, Jake kind of gave us a guide to watching games, and it's just – and I like that he put this in there because I do think it's the exact thing that he was talking about, which is a low-pressure situation. This Jazz team has no pressure on it. There's no pressure to be the worst team in the league. There's no pressure for them to even get into the playoffs. It is – and and it depends on the person, like we were talking about, too. You get your shot, you go in there, and you play as good a basketball as you can. And Will Hardy has no idea how to do anything else except for coach guys really, really well on the basketball court, and that's all we've seen him do this year is try to extract the best out of these guys. It's been really, really effective on some nights. Other nights, these guys aren't up for the task, some of these younger dudes. But uh, you have an all-star on this team. You have a couple guys who are probably going to miss. I don't know what the uh, – Status of Jordan Clarkson is, yeah, he was listed as questionable. Same thing with uh, Walker Kessler going into this game. And then uh, Colin Sexton is, of course, out with the hammy. I have told myself all year long, and I barely believed it, and I barely kind of bought into it. And I think I have become uh, totally okay now with watching this team and not caring what the result is. See, I think the Jazz right now are – like Jake was mentioning, are, are kind of out of players that can actually create offense for the team. I think that's that's really the challenge. The team's playing better defensively, but now offensively they don't have guys that can um, get to the basket, a Colin Sexton or, or, or Jordan Clarkson. And um, the the guy right now who can can do that is Chris Dunn. Oh, Chayabaji also has yeah, some but, flashes, he, but he's not a he's not a point guard per se kind of player, you know. So. That point guard, that playmaker, that getting people kind of uh, involved in the offense guy isn't there, and that that went out the window with Mike Connolly. And you saw what what happened with this team before Mike Connolly was traded, when he was out, and then when he came back in, it was a big difference. And when he was in before, it was a big difference. And now that he's totally gone, it's a big it's a big difference. They don't have someone who can kind of right the ship and. Yeah, and that's something I noticed with Laurie Markinen. He needs a guy sometimes to set him up, whether it's uh, for that you know three point shot, and and kind of you see that Connolly would drive and dish, and and Markinen's guy would come off him, and then it it leave him open for the three. Uh, but you don't have that now. So uh, is it, the the guy that's intriguing to me is Chris Brown. I mean, can he? Because he seems to be about the only Chris one. Dunn. Chris Dunn. Uh, he seems to be the the only guy that that. P- p- could potentially do that for for the Jazz at the, at this time. So I just I just don't think the Jazz have um, the personnel where they can hang with people and and really uh, you know have an effective game offensively right now. Now Colin Sexton comes back, it changes things. Jordan Clarkson's healthy, it certainly changes things. The Jazz the Jazz become a very competitive team when they have all of those players: Walker Walker Kessler, Markinen, uh Ochai Abaji, and then you've got Jordan Clarkson and and um, and Colin Sexton. That's that's about the best the Jazz have. But that's you know when that's not there, it's it's a real challenge for this team to really have a chance to to win. Uh, so you you start looking for how does Johnny Juzang um, play and and does he get developmental minutes and 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 Talon 
Horton Tucker, you know, his his whole game. Because I just don't feel like Talon Horton Tucker is a point guard. I just don't. And I and I think he I think he just we've seen a lot of him play, and it just doesn't seem to be the natural comfortable spot for him. He's more really a guy like a Ochai Abaji. You know, he's a two two. You know, he's your 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 shooting guard more than your point guard. Sure, um, but. Uh, you know he plays hard. He's got a lot of energy. I just I think it's a challenge for this team uh, to to you know contend offensively. And when you're playing the Mavericks, who score like in buckets and buckets, I, I think that the Mavericks go. We don't care about you, Jazz. <laughs> we're, 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 you don't have enough firepower offensively to to hang with us scoring a basketball. Hey, so um, I speaking of the Lakers, this is going back to it. And I was just seeing this earlier. So, Pau Gasol is getting his jersey retired tonight. The number 16 is going to go uh, up on the roster. his heart. And I you didn't bring hate, this up for what reason? Because I didn't hate Pau Gasol nearly as much as I – maybe it's because he was – Well, he wasn't a guy that he people wasn't hated. The, right. He wasn't the superstar oh. that was that was putting the dagger he, in the heart, he I guess. Was, he, was he was a, tremendous. a great piece for the, the Lakers, though. I mean, he – No, he, he – I mean, uh, Kobe was a guy who loved Pau Gasol – and Pagasol loved uh, Kobe, and the, I mean, you know, that that was like a a massive thing. I remember watching how heartbroken that Pau was when uh, when Kobe passed away. But yeah, uh, Pau Gasol, well deserved. Number sixteen going to go up in the rafters. I think mostly because they're like, yeah, that's a safe one too. We're not going to ever get another. Number well, 16 it's anyway. a great example of how you have to have these role players if you're going to win championships. You got to have that superstar. You got to have that. You know, the different guys that play roles and effective roles. Uh, that can make you succeed. So, we've got some tickets that we got to give away. It's not to the uh, re- Jersey retirement of Pau Gasol. It's for the Jazz versus the Kings coming up on March 20th. Uh, so, if you're calling number 12 right now, we've got a Ticket Tuesday. Team 49, don't tank on me now. Uh, give us a call. Pair of tickets goes to caller number 12 at 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. Uh, you can also uh, just think of it like this way, 801 KSL zone, or you can just do 801-575-9663. All right, uh, there's your tickets. Plus, uh, this portion of the show also brought to you by the folks at uh, RGS Exteriors. If you want to give your home that new look this year, uh, give it the look with the stucco, brick, vinyl, James Hardy signing, anything you need. They're going to give you that look with uh, giving them a call. Get on the get on the books with Tim Brown and his team. 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110. Uh, quickly, before we get out here and go to a Jazz pregame, Scott, how's this game uh, matchup for the Jazz? Are they going to get the? Are they going to get blown out? Are they going to be uh, fighting with this Jazz, with this uh, Mavericks team till the end and maybe even sneak it? Nah, they're going to get blown out. Okay, <laughs> I don't think they're going to get blown out. They're going to get blown out. Um, we'll see. I mean, I don't know if Walker Kessler. It's not like Walker Kessler's presence on the offensive, uh, you know, side of the ball is going to give him so much more. But there you go. Jazz Radio Network. Jazz coming up next. Stay right here. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.